0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, where steel and soil meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore Sunday at 6 p.m., exclusively on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. I sincerely appreciate you spending the next half hour with me. I want to begin by giving a big old Cat Swamp Road shout out to Adam Joachim. I hope Lee, I pronounced your name correctly, sir, from Knack, Neck, Alaska. Adam responded to my request to find out where you listen from so that I could put a push pin in that area on the map I have. He is my first listener from Alaska that has reached out to me, and I am so grateful for that. In his note, he told me that he listens to my idle chatter podcast there. For some reason, I don't think SiriusXM has a signal that goes to Alaska or Hawaii, but my podcast is able to reach him. I learned from Adam that Naknek is a rural area well off any major road. Sounds like my kind of place. Since I was an early teenager, a young teenager, right, 12, 13 years old, I dreamt about visiting Alaska by car, and as of yet, have not done that. But God willing, I will be able to one day. Back then, I wanted to work on the Alaska pipeline, but by the time I was old enough, it was finished. That just seems to be my life story. The party's over by the time I get there. I would love for you to join Adam on my map, and you do not have to live in Alaska. Just email me at hotrodfarmer at com and let me know where you hang your hat. It is that simple so many people today like to put themselves in a box and to my way of thinking that stifles not only your personal growth but that of your farm ranch or as a matter of fact any business that you're in you know thinking that you got to think out of the box understanding to a certain level is the key you do not need to be an expert on everything and to tell the truth no one can be but some think that they are I am sure you know at least one person that is the self-proclaimed expert on this, that, and the other thing. In most instances, that is not an endearing personality trait. I'll just leave it at that, right? But what understanding does provide is the ability to make connections, and that is, and it is that connection that is often where the fruit is found. For example, take my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. Do not let the name fool you. Probably 95% of the content there is applicable to any engine machine or piece of equipment. The engine alternator hydraulic system does not know if it lives on a 20,000 acre rate ranch or in Brooklyn, New York city. Probably a better example is when we discuss volatilization of a herbicide such as Dicamba that effect for all intents and purposes is the same as the way a carburetor functions. So if you understand the carburetor, then you'll also know what causes pesticides to move from one field to another long after the sprayer has been put away in the shed. To this cause, Patrick McGowan, a listener from New York state posed a question to me about using B20 in his older, not biodiesel approved Doramax. He said that the dealership mechanic told him that if he ran a tank of B20 or higher, he would need to get the engine oil changed immediately when that fuel was gone. Patrick wanted to know if that was true. So, I used his question for the topic of today's show, albeit in a modified form. What makes an engine biofuel compatible? This is something that I feel all listeners need to understand, especially since biodiesel and the current white house's confusing stance on it is in the news. Well, it all comes down to fluid tension, a term that you may not be familiar with, but just as dicamba and a carburetor have things in common, this term is important to understand not only regarding your equipment, but also out in the field, but never forget agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. about being an entrepreneur literally since
1: I was 10. Sirius XM's Business Radio. Inspiration to help you achieve more in business. Be creative, be tenacious, be decisive. Just do it. From finding a work-life balance to motivational stories from entrepreneurs big and small. You
0: learn something in the successes and a lot from the failures. It's always worth it. Business Business Radio. Powered by the
1: University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. Sirius XM 132. This is Sean Haney. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. It's your go-to source for the latest ag news, impacting producers on both sides of the 49th parallel. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. And don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM XM app. Designing the genetics exactly the way we want, faster with higher conception rates. We have a very detailed sale barn report from South Dakota and wrap it all with a market report from Stonex Financial. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. This weekend on Ranch It Up is we bring you those stories and more. This Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM.
0: Success on the Farmer Ranch requires efficient machinery. I am Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer, and I want to help you maximize the reliability of your equipment. Please join me every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern for Farm Machinery Digest Radio, where steel and soil meet exclusively on Rural Radio Channel 147 with a replay Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. welcome back to farm machinery digest radio i'm your host ray bohax the new jersey guy the hot rod farmer from new jersey and what we're going to be talking about today in case you're just tuned in is what makes a diesel engine b20 or higher compatible and let's we'll stick with b20 because that is what the oe manufacturers are using so you know if you've been out in the road over the past couple of years you'll see uh a number of uh, vehicles let's say like a ford power stroke you know say b20 capable or compatible on the door or in some other you know duramax or cummins i don't know if they really announce it like ford does but there's a question uh is what truly makes b20 compatible with a engine and also with uh, volkswagen and other diesels back a number of years ago they had they would say certain years were not b20 compatible but other years worse. So that is a mystery and mysteries are not good because if you understand what is going on, then you, it is no longer a mystery. So as I said, in the opening segment, what we really need to understand is a term called surface tension. And I'm going to read to you from the McGraw-Hill engineering dictionary verbatim what the definition of surface tension is so that I do not mess it up. righty. So surface tension is the tension of the surface film caused by the attraction of the particles in the surface layer of the bulk liquid, which tends to minimize the surface area. All right. That makes a lot of sense, right? You know, <laughs> engineers, they, they, I mean, i deal with them all the time and they like to talk in circles right so it's it's technically correct but what does that do to a farmer it doesn't doesn't mean much so in essence in simplistic terms the surface tension of a liquid And we'll be discussing just liquids today but surface tension is could be applied to other things but the surface tension of a liquid is the friction of it moving across a moving across a surface or a body what have you so in essence if you're pouring, let's say uh, oil out of a jug, the surface tension is going to affect how that oil comes out of a jug. So remember, it used to be all saying slow as molasses in January, but people confuse the, the viscosity of a fluid with the surface tension. And we, we cannot confuse that because surface tension is the friction of the liquid against a surface, all right, that it's being moved against. So now, Basically, in essence, the um, th- there's many different metrics, meaning many different scales that you could m- measure surface tension on. But one of the most popular is dyne per centimeter, and it's dyne per centimeter. There's other scales, but we're going to use the dyne scale for today. You know, just like you could have uh, you could have torque in newton meters and in foot pounds, inch pounds, it's different scales and dyne per centimeter is the one that i i would say it's probably the most common commonly used and that's why we will address it so it's a a common sense definition of dyne per centimeter dyne and repeat repeating it again is the force that is required to move the fluid all right so it's the force that is required to move the fluid now if you now beast Now, well, let me back up for a minute. If you remember years ago, years ago, uh, they, if you're old enough to remember this, when people were running water as a coolant in engines and switch to antifreeze, they would say people would say the uh, the older the older guys would say, right, to the young guys like me at the time, that antifreeze will find the leak that water will not, and they didn't really explain why, and it's because excuse me, because the surface tension is a, is a lot less for antifreeze than water. So using the dine per centimeter scale, like saying kilometers per hour or miles per hour, dine per centimeter, water has a dine rating of, is of 72, so 72 dines. Whereas 50-50 ethylene glycol, and water, which is what we would consider antifreeze, has a surface tension of 56 dynes. So you could see it's much slipperier in that sense. And I'm gonna use the word slippery, but it's really not slippery. It's the amount of force it takes to move it across a surface. And that's what I call surface tension. Right, so uh, on something else, let's say on a piece of, on a tire, you would call it coefficient of friction, but in a liquid, we're calling it surface tension. So that is why antifreeze will find a leak where water will not, because it has a lower surface tension. So in essence, the lower the surface tension of a liquid, the less force it needs to be, to be moved through, uh, either through something or across something. Now, beside mercury, water has the highest surface tension. And that's gonna be important as we go on into this segment today, not with, with biodiesel, but with farm sprayers and different things on the farm. So for instance, now the 9 per centimeter scale is used for a lot of things, as I said, because it's just a generic surface tension or, uh, surface tension reading. Now, I think all of us have taken a pen or a magic marker and we've writ, tried to write on the glossy surface and we found out that it would smear, it would not dry, it would not adhere to it. And that is because of the surface tension of the, of the marker versus the coefficient of friction of the material, the glossy paper. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so basically what's going to happen is that we need to carry this one step further. So let's recap before I go on. So the surface tension is the amount of energy that is used to for, to move the fluid. All so right. Now the surface. Now, in essence, there are two elements that impact the surface tension, and this and it, and the surface tension is impacted by, as I made the example with the magic marker, is, is impacted by the material that is being moved against and then the attributes or the lack of attributes of the liquid. Now, in essence, what happens on a farm sprayer, we will have a, a nozzle or a tip, depending upon what you want to call it. And it's common for us to use a surfactant in the, the, whatever we're going to spray. What would be the term? The tank mix partners, right? And historically, a surfactant is going to reduce the surface tension. So the lower the surface tension, the easier the product is going to be moved through that orifice in this particular instance. Now, also what we found is that in the agricultural side, now I'm going to get to B20, but I'm trying to show you that the similarity, as I was saying, with the volatization and how a carburetor works. Now also it's very common today to use some soil soil wetting agent. And I do use one. I use a product from a uh, Conklin company called Wix and Wix or Wax, excuse me, WEX, and what it does is that helps to get your pre-emerge pesticide into the ground. So what it what in essence, what that product does, you know, historically that everyone, most companies would say that if you put a pre-emerge down, you need to get an inch of rain within seven to 10 days to work it into the soil. And that is because we are putting the product down with water and water, remember, has the highest surface tension, 72 dynes per centimeter. So a product that is a wetting agent, all right, actually is a re, is reducing the surface tension of the water in the sprayer tank so the water is carrying whatever you put whatever chemical or, or th- that you're putting into the tank. So now by reducing the surface tension of the water that we will not need an inch of rain to work it down into the seed bed, the, uh, the weed seed bed, because it is gonna be, I'll use the word slipperier. It's not gonna adhere as much. So maybe we'll get get just as much penetration with a quarter inch or a half an inch. So that all comes to surface tension. Another thing that everybody is aware of is waxing a car. Now, if we wax a car, that the water beads up when it rains, right? But we are not changing the surface tension of the water we are changing the we changing the coefficient of friction on the paint of the car. So the surface tension of the water is still seventy-two dynes per centimeter but the surface that it is going to try to adhere to is slipperier and it's rejecting it so it's not letting the water it's actually creating a bond like a pre-emerged pesticide does on the soil it's creating not a bond it's creating a seal and it's not allowing the water to be caught up by the pores in the paint that's a simplistic way of looking at it now on a field sprayer and you say I mentioned dicamba and they say special and special uh, uh, tips for dicamba, different sprays we use a different we use different tips right? On a field sprayer, the droplet size and no one wants to talk about this is influenced by not only the design of the sprayer, all right but all, and, and the pressure, the system pressure that's being employed, but also the surface tension of what is being sprayed so now we have to understand that we have two elements we have the surface that the liquid is working against and we have the inherent surface tension of the fluid read in dynes per centimeter the area the that the the area that it's working against is not measured in dynes the fluid is measured in dynes per centimeter all right so now what does this have to do with b20 in very now very simply and there's not much to it. That the surface tension of B20 biodiesel, so that's 80 percent petroleum diesel and 20 percent biodiesel, has a lower surface tension than regular than than B0, which would be 100 percent natural diesel, petroleum-based diesel. Now, why let's now why is that a problem? It is not a problem. It depends on the emission control strategy that that engine has. So if you were to take a 1972 John Deere diesel or whatever brand that you want, and you put B20, B30, B40, B50, B100 in it, the surface tension is not a concern. Now on a most tier four diesels, they use a host of emission devices. So they use a diesel oxidation catalyst, which controls hydrocarbons, which is unburned fuel, and CO, which is partially burned fuel, and they use a DPF, diesel particulate filter. And the diesel particulate filter stores the soot. And anybody who has a newer diesel knows it goes through the dreaded regen process. Well, it really doesn't have to be dreaded, but the regen process. And the regen process turns the soot to ash and ash takes up less room than soot and then eventually after many many hours or miles that they, the dpf has to be removed and this ash has to be taken out so how does the dpf turn the soot to ash well what it does it uses heat from the diesel oxidation catalyst and what happens is that the diesel oxidation catalyst is going to be fueled during a regen process to act like a furnace. And it's going to create around 900 to 1,000 degrees heat. And since the diesel oxidation catalyst is before the diesel particulate filter, it's going to send that heat during regen. From the, so it's going to be DOC is the furnace that's sending the heat into the DPF. I know all acronyms to convert the ash, the, the the soot to ash, excuse me. Now, how to, or getting back with the B-20 so we understand that. What is happening is how they fuel the regen cycle, how they fuel excuse me, the, the diesel oxidation catalyst to build that heat to become a furnace is what makes an engine B-20 compatible. On the early and earlier applications they did not have what they called an H C dose, hydrocarbon dose, which would dose fuel Had a separate injector that sprayed right into the diesel oxidation catalyst to make it into a furnace to create the heat, to burn off the soot in the DPF, which is the for next thing down the line. What they would do is the engine management system would spray fuel on the exhaust stroke in the cylinder and would use the piston to push all of this fuel out on the exhaust stroke into the diesel oxidation catalyst to create the heat. All right, and that is why on a older diesel like Patrick had a tier four, I mean, not old, old tier four emission strategy, and it did not have an HC doser that the surface tension of the biodiesel was so, was so reduced versus regular diesel that on that exhaust stroke, it would go and run past the rings and dilute the engine oil. So the mechanic that told him that was correct because it was the surface tension of the fluid. Now, on the later Dora Max or any other one that's B20 compatible, whether it's a Volkswagen, whether it's a Cummings, no matter what it is, whether it's a Caterpillar, what they did is they used a HC doser and it would be not it would not fuel the the regen cycle through the injector on the exhaust stroke it had a separate injector there so the whole thing that makes a diesel engine biofuel b20 compatible is the emission control that it has and to put this all closure to it Is that if it has a tier 4 emission system and it has a deep diesel particulate filter that goes through a regen cycle? If it has an HC doser, then it doesn't care if you run B100 in it. If it doesn't have an HC doser, it cannot run B20 or greater for the simple reason being is the surface tension of B20 is too low and it'll go past the rings into the engine oil. So that basically is the whole thing right there. Good evening, everybody, welcome to a very special show.
1: Country music history comes alive with stars, songs, and stories. You know, we're blessed with great stars here on our show tonight. The face and voice of country music on TV and radio. Having a good time? This is going to be fun. Country Music Hall of Fame member Ralph Emery. Sunday right here on America's only agribusiness and Western lifestyle network, Rural Radio. There's more to come here on the
0: Ralph Emery Show.
1: SiriusXM's XM's Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. This is Rob Keck, host of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, with the latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. This is Janet Atkinson, host of FFA Today, your in-depth look at the nation's premier youth organization. Get connected with Real Ag Radio. This is Sean Haney. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in all of North America. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app.
0: Welcome to Bushels and Cents from Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. When diagnosing an electrical problem in a circuit, you need to determine how it is wired. It can be battery looking for ground or ground looking for battery. Battery looking for ground means that the circuit is powered up all of the time and the ground side is shut on and off. Ground looking for battery describes that the voltage supply is switched, but the ground is constant. It must also be determined if a relay is part of the circuit. A relay allows a low amperage draw capable switch to control a high current draw circuit. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com where steel and soil meet. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So uh, sadly, I won't have time for a toolbox test today or a reader's letter because i went a little bit too wrong long in my segment about surface tension but i think it's very very important for you to understand and i like to use these last couple of minutes just to establish what i spoke about before now keep in mind is that if these if your engine has it's a tier 4 engine if it has an hc doser then it doesn't care about the the amount of biodiesel in the fuel you run if it has a tier 4 emission system and it does not have an hc Doser, then what it's actually doing is using the injector on each cylinder on the exhaust stroke, which we call the pumping loop because it actually pumps the exhaust out of the engine and it sprays fuel during the exhaust stroke so that fuel will not ignite and the piston when it pumps it out sends that raw fuel into the diesel oxidation catalyst to act like a furnace and create the heat that is necessary for the regen process to convert the soot to ash. Now keep in mind is that the surface tension of biodiesel will allow some of that fluid on that pumping loop to go past the rings into the oil. So two things are going to happen. Number one, you're not getting the full BTU content of the fuel that's used during the regen process to create heat in the diesel oxidation catalyst to cause the burn off of the soot of the ash of the soot excuse me to ash in the diesel particulate filter so you will use more fuel on the regen process and the second thing is that, that that fuel is going past the rings and diluting the engine oil and ruining the lubricity from the engine oil so it's very very important for you to understand it so it's a it's a it's a two-fold dynamic that would be happening there Now, also what I really want you to take away from this, I mean, that's clear cut. If you have an, if you have, if it's not B20 compatible and has tier four emissions, don't use B20, you're good to go. Anything below B20 has, doesn't have enough reduction in the surface tension of the diesel fluid for it to be cause any problem getting into the oil right and then again with an older diesel not a problem whatsoever but keep in mind that with your sprayer that you always want to you know we, we you, you worry about the ph of the water and rightfully so for the efficacy of the spray tank mix but also we have to be concerned with the surface tension of the water and though we use 72 dines per centimeter as an average you could have water that has a higher surface tension 72 dines per centimeter and that's going to affect the the efficacy of the spray of the fluid going through the tip. And also, if you're using a pre emerge uh, product, let's say like Acuron, it's going to affect how it gets into the soil. So, any questions about this, please feel free to contact me at Hot Rod Farmer at com. I thank you so much for listening and know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day. Take care. Catch you next week. Bye bye. Hi, this is Red Steagall. I want you to join me every Saturday morning at seven o'clock Eastern and together, we'll explore the life of the American cowboy through his poetry and his music on Cowboy Corner Collections. These are shows that we have recorded and aired over the past two decades, including the music and poetry of our friends as well as myself and the boys in the bunkhouse. With stories by America's great storytellers, join me as we ride through the West on Cowboy Corner Collections, Saturday morning at seven a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio.
1: RFD TV brings the ag industry news you care about a lot of producers really looked at the hope mm-hmm. of being able to get this deal done tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers you can see the pockets of bread across Texas that has become a problem and going forward in time we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way live direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis. We have Oliver Slope standing by, and he is with Blue Line Futures. Well, the, the outside markets are going to be the, the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade. A focus on Washington ag policy. TV's Emily Butt joins us from our Washington, D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic. And live reports from across the nation.
0: See lots of fun and exciting stories especially lots of hard work that goes into this.
1: Stories you'll find only on RFD TV, celebrating our 20th year as rural America's most important network. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show, aired on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with hosts Ron McDaniel, Don Dawson, and me, Ernie Rudina. This week we visit with Laurel Denton about ranch riding, Riley Olson, Agape Ranch Colt starting, and Brent Wright, NRHA Million Dollar Rider. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll see you there.